Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you here this morning. We find ourselves in Matthew 25 this morning, uh, Matthew 24 this morning, and we're going to be reading verses uh, 30, 36 through 51, the end of the chapter. And the title of the message today is, We'll Work Until Jesus Comes. We'll Work Until Jesus Comes. Beginning in verse 36 of chapter 24. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if the wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and an hour when he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and put him with the hypocrites, and that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the proclamation of his word. This year is is the year for the Summer Olympics. And uh, if you're like me, you'll watch a lot of that. The athletes who you'll see there will see there. They probably spent most of their lives preparing to compete in the Olympics. Carla and I have a friend named uh, Missy Rock. And Missy is a young woman who was in our church in Iowa. She grew up in the, in the Memorial Church in Iowa where we pastored. And, uh, and she has tremendous athletic ability. She was a state champion in high school, uh, in uh, cross country and in track. In college, she won three individual national championships in cross country and 11 national championships in other track events. In fact, I believe she still holds the record for the most national championships of any Division III uh, athlete. Uh, She was on the national cross country team and helped them win a, a bronze medal in 2005 at the at the 2005 World Championships. But you know, she didn't just run on the day that she was racing. She prepared for running by running almost every single day of her life, especially when she was competing. Well, she had a lot of injuries, and for a while she, uh, she dropped out. She, she actually ran professionally for a while, but then, then because of her injuries, she dropped out. But a few years ago, uh, her and her husband, who now Andrew, who was also a gold medalist uh, at the uh, 2004 Olympics, uh, 
They have three children, and they were in the process of adopting a fourth child from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And there was a lot of... uh, They actually had completed the adoption, and then there was a lot of uh, legal things that that happened in the middle of kind of some international turmoil. And so for a few years, their daughter that they adopted did not come get to come and live with them. Uh, but they still wanted to make sure she and her fellow, uh, fellow children in that orphanage were cared for. So she, in 2014, she decided she was going to run uh, in the Metronic Twin Cities Marathon up in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And so she began to train, she began to run... And she ran money to raise. Uh, she ran to raise money for the orphanage there, and uh, and then they they did adopt their fourth child, and now they have four children. But it kind of it kind of uh, renewed her passion for running. And so after many years away from running uh, competitively, she decided she wanted to try again to run in the Olympics uh, to try to make the Olympics. But to do this, as a mother of four children, she had to go back into extensive training. Also, she asked one of her former coaches to help coach her uh, during this time. And the coach knew Missy had been her college coach. And he said he would help coach her, but she had to have some corrective surgery so she could regain the status of a world-class uh, runner again. And so, so she began to train, and she had the surgeries and uh, last fall, she ran uh, a marathon, and, and in February, she's going to uh, be in Atlanta for the Olympic trials. You see, if you want to win a championship in a sport, you've got to extensively prepare for that, don't you? It doesn't just happen. You know, Bob Ray can't go today and run any marathons. I, didn't, I don't want to, but I couldn't if I wanted to. Everything we do in life requires preparation, requires uh, preparation. Now, my daughter-in-law, she's had four years of college, four years of medical school. She got her MD uh, after she graduated from medical school. Now she's in her fourth year of a five-year residency in orthopedic surgery. And after she finishes her residency, not in 2020, but in 2021... She has a year of fellowship where she'll also study. And so even though she's, she's already an orthopedic surgeon, she's continually preparing uh, to, be a, to, to, to be better at her craft, to be better at what God's called her to do. In order to do anything well, preparation is required. Now when we think of the return of Christ, we often think of it as passively waiting until Jesus comes to take us to heaven. But the, and the scripture in Matthew 24 commands us to be continually watching for the return of Christ. But watching is not passive. Watching is not passive. Continual preparation is involved. Yes, we are prepared if you have received Jesus in your life, if you are following him as Lord. That is, that is the preparation. That you, and you are prepared if Christ would come back. But you don't just sit around and do nothing after that. You, you look for the Lord to come. You, you are watching for Him to come. You are active in serving Him as you wait for Him to come. Uh, it is not passive. Uh, Richard France said, 
to, to watch means an active, laborious, responsible service. You see, we're to be actively involved in being on mission with Jesus until he comes. We're to be actively involved in showing others his love as he works through us. So as we wait for Jesus, we join him by faithfully serving him every day. You've heard about people that said Jesus is coming. They sold all their stuff. They sat around on the mountain somewhere and waited. That is not a biblical way to wait. A biblical way to wait is to faithfully serve Jesus every day, to be on mission with him every day, to be loving people in his name every day, to seek to extend his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Matthew 24 and 25, we see what what does it mean to be constantly prepared for Jesus' coming. And I think we see this uh, timeless truth that readiness for Jesus' return requires active, faithful service to him, even though we cannot know when he will return. Readiness for Jesus' return requires active, faithful service to him, even though we cannot know when he will return. As we look at this uh, end of Matthew 24, I think there are a couple questions we should ask ourselves. And we're going to be looking at this even next week. It, it, it require, it's, Jesus is talking about this through chapter 25 also. But I think this morning they bring up a couple questions we should ask ourselves as we wait for Jesus to come, as we wait for the life to come, as we think about the judgment of God. First of all, the first question is, Are we prepared for Jesus to return during the normal routines of life? Are we prepared for Jesus to return during the normal routines of life? Now Jesus again emphasizes in verse 36, No one knows the hour or day, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only only the Father. Now as I consider this... uh, this question, when Jesus says, not even the Son, as we used to say in the 70s, that blows my mind. That blows my mind. To think that Jesus himself, when he was walking on the earth, uh, the one who existed eternally, uh, the all-knowing Son of God, the one who knows everything, did not know something, that blows my mind. It's part of, the, it's part of Jesus humbling himself. It's part of his condensation to become man and to suffer and to go through everything you and I went through. Um, and so that's part of, of what it meant for Jesus to, to become a man and die for us on the cross as, the, as God the Son and, and, the, Son of, and the Son of Man. Uh, so he says he didn't even know when he was on the earth. And then he says, the angels in heaven don't not know. Now think about this. If Jesus didn't know while he was on the earth, if the angels in heaven don't know, if anybody tells you they know the day or period or month or year or decade that Jesus is going to return, you've got to understand they don't know what they're talking about. They do not know what they're talking about. People are all the time trying to pick out a period or a, or a day well, it's, it's, it happens to us again and again and again. Somebody tells you that, they don't know what they're talking about. They, they have misunderstood and misread the word of God. Um, Jesus then said, the days preceding his coming would be like the days of Noah. 
He said, in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Now, Jesus is saying life was kind of routine before the flood came upon the earth. People were living just like they always live. They were marrying. They were given in marriage. They were feasting. Uh, there were weddings and funerals and all the other kind of routine things happened uh, that were going on. It, it, uh, there, weren't, there was no national calamity happening. There, there was uh, no great war going on that people expected to be nuked. Life was routine until the day Noah entered the ark. People lived in ignorance that God would soon bring judgment upon sin and sinners. They were totally unaware and they were totally unprepared until it was too late. Only Noah and the seven members of his family had prepared for God's judgment upon the earth and the flood. And Jesus said the days before his coming would be like the days of Noah before the flood. Then Jesus says two men will be working side by side in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the meal. A meal would require two women to push the grinding wheel to grind up the the grain. They would be working side by side. And Jesus said one would be taken, the other left. During daily routine, during going to a job and working beside someone, uh, there would be one prepared for Jesus to come back and to meet God in judgment. And there would be one not prepared. In the daily routines of life. In the daily routines of life. One was ready to meet Jesus. And one was not. And so Jesus says to us. In the daily routines of life. Stay awake. You do not know when, on what day the Lord is coming. Be ready. Be prepared for it to happen. Whatever it happens. Because it's going to happen. He then illustrates by then saying. Uh, it's. If you knew when a thief was going to break in your house, you'd be ready. Paul also uses this illustration of saying, the Lord's going to come like a thief in the night. And so he says, keep on preparing, keep on serving Him, be ready and expectant uh, and working no matter what, when He might come, be always ready. He says again, you must always be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So the question is, do we stay ready? Do we think about the Lord's coming? Are we watchful and prepared whenever the Lord comes back or He comes for us? You see, are are we ready? Now, we're not to live in fear. Uh, We're to live in anticipation, actually, because if you're a believer, it's going to be good when the Lord comes back. But, uh, but, But we're to live as if Jesus could come back. We're to love people if Jesus could come back. Uh, we're, to, we're to serve him and be on mission with him as, as if Jesus could or would come back even today. You see, we don't know when some things will take place. We don't know. Uh, one of them is Jesus' return. We don't know when it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. Another of those things is death. We don't know when death come, is going to come to us. Now, sometimes people get old and we kind of anticipate it. Other times it just happens. Not everyone lives to be old and dies in old age. That's just the fact of life. Now people will say, well you preachers always say kind of things like that. Well, yeah, I guess we do. But but it's true. Death is a reality of life. And we need to be prepared for it. 
And we need to be prepared for the coming of Jesus, even if that would happen in our, in our lives. We need to be prepared to meet the Lord whenever he might come, either in the clouds to take us to be with him, or whenever he might come uh, when we die and call us to himself. Because death happens all around us. This week, this week, a friend of mine's son-in-law died at 38 years of age without after contracting some kind of crazy disease. He left a wife and two children this week. This week, this week, on Monday, my sister calls me and said that my cousin's husband suddenly died. He had been working. He went to take a shower. His wife went and checked on him, and he was gone. This week, this week, Friday morning, we got the call that Patty Holmes had passed away. Had passed away. We don't know when it's going to happen. We just have to be ready whenever it will happen. And if you're saved, if you're faithfully walking with the Lord, you're ready. Uh, You can be ready no matter when it happens if you know Jesus. If you've received him to your life, if you, if you know him, if you love him. Now, don't think just because you prayed a prayer one time in your life, that makes you ready. Now, I don't want anybody to doubt their salvation. But, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, I, I got right with the Lord. I was saved. I prayed a prayer when I was six, seven, eight years old. Sometimes that's very important. Sometimes that's the day we're introduced. But also the truth is, do you believe in Jesus today? <laughs> do you know him today? Is, is living for him what you want to do in your life? Following and serving the Lord. Uh, because that's what's important. You see, if people tell me that they've been saved, but they don't want to live for the Lord today, something's not right there. Now, all of us have strayed, haven't we? There have been times in my life I didn't want to live for the Lord. But the Lord drew me back to Himself. And I'm glad He does. Because, you know, we'd all stray, we'd all go astray if the Lord didn't draw us back to Himself. But if you're His child and you've been saved, He's not going to let you live in sin forever. He's going to bring you back to Himself. He's going to tell you, you know, He's going to draw you back and you're going to know that I need to live for the Lord. We can be ready if we know Jesus, we're faithfully living for Him. You know, sometimes why even believers, even those who truly believe, sometimes doubt whether, whether they're saved, whether they, they know Jesus or not. It's because they know they're not living the way they should live. And Satan clouds their minds because they just need to say, Lord, I'm surrendering to you, I want to live for you today. See, every day we need to tell the Lord, Lord, this day is yours. I want to live for your glory. I want to walk with you this day. This day I want to live for you and walk with you. Are we prepared for Jesus to return during the normal routines of life? There's another question we should ask ourselves as we think about the coming of Jesus and the end of life and God's judgment. Secondly, are we prepared for Jesus to return even if His coming seems delayed? Jesus asked the question... In verse 45, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? You see, there are two kinds of servants. The one who is prepared and faithful. The one who is unprepared and unfaithful. 
The prepared will be faithful. The unprepared will always assume there's always more time to prepare. Uh, Jesus in this passage is not talking about work salvation. He's not talking about that. Jesus in this passage is showing that those who are faithful in serving him and carrying out their duties to their fellow men are prepared. He says in verse 47, Blessed is the servant whom the master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possession. You see, the servant who is prepared is going to be serving the Lord. That's going to be mainly the pattern of his life. And he's going to be serving others. He's going to be taking care of his or her responsibilities. Even if the master seems to delay his return. You see, we don't know why Jesus hasn't come back or why he may delay. We don't know why. We can only... We can only be prepared by being faithful to him. Now, the unprepared servant, Jesus says he's a wicked servant. Jesus, he says to himself, my master's delayed, and he begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkard. The unprepared servant think his master's coming is delayed. I've got plenty of time to get ready. Uh, I don't need to worry about or serve the Lord today. I can do that later. The wicked servant lives for himself. He doesn't care about anyone else. He he parties. He gets drunk. He lives a life of seeking pleasure instead of serving others. This servant is not a servant. He's not doing what he was called to do, what he's supposed to do. He or she does not serve others and seek to help them. He or she lives for what's fun for them, even if it harms their fellow servants, even uh, if it harms their families, those whom they are supposed to provide and protect for and care for. They live for themselves instead of the glory of God, instead of seeking to live life uh, to help and serve others. They think Jesus is, is not coming back, or at least not right now. Not right now. I don't have to worry. I don't have to prepare. I don't have to live for the glory of God. I don't need to care for others. I have plenty of time. Plenty of time. You know, it reminds me of the parable of the rich fool in uh, Luke chapter 12. He had a bumper crop. And he says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear down my bars. I'm going to build bigger ones. I'm going to store up my crop. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. That was his plan for the future. You know, his retirement had come in. But what did God say to him? You fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? You see, we live in a time when people scoff at the idea that Christ is going to come back. They scoff at that. You know, I guess the world has always scoffed at that idea, but they scoff at that. And they think because Jesus has delayed, you know, that means it's not going to happen. In fact, it it was in the first century. It wasn't too long. uh, It was in New Testament times that Peter wrote this. He said, scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires, they will say, where is the promise of His coming? Ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact, 
that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these the world that existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. You see, Jesus said these scoffers will come. Peter said these scoffers will come. And they will, first of all, they will deny that God has a right to judge any of us. And then they will also deny that God has ever judged before. You know, they would deny the, the, the flood of Noah where everybody but Noah and his family were saved. Uh, everybody but uh, Noah and his family were, were uh, lost in the flood because God brought his judgment on the, on the world. And people say they don't need to repair. They're not going to stand before God. We're going to talk about some heavy things in the next couple weeks. We're going to talk about the judgment of God. You know, I can't just skip over it and be faithful to God's word. And so we're going to talk about that. But there are people today who say, God's not going to judge me. It, you know, I don't have to give an account of my life to God. But you do have to give an account of your life to God. And you know, none of us can make it through the judgment by our own merit. We will only make it through because of what Jesus has done for us and us trusting in him. But I want to tell you, that's, that's plenty. That's enough. As the, at the song we sang, you know, as songs we see the solid rock, dressed in his righteousness alone. That's what I'll be dressed in. If you're a believer, that's what you'll be dressed in. Faultless to stand before the throne. Bob Ray's not going to stand faultless in himself. Bob Ray's going to be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. But because I am, even if I stand, even as I stand before God in judgment, because because I'm clothed in the righteousness of God, I am ready. I'm prepared. And even though it, it, we, we people scoff at the idea, Christ is coming back. Christ is coming back. People think they don't need to prepare. They can live any way they want to live. But the end will not be good for them if they have put off preparing instead of living for the glory of God. You see, those who have abused others and lived for pleasure, they've not prepared. The day will come when it will be too late to prepare. It will be too late to prepare. You know, often we think justice delayed is justice denied. Um, but that's not true even in our day. You know, if you, if you watch the news every year, hearing stories, a lot of stories these days, about people that committed all kinds of crimes and they've been discovered through the DNA databases these days. Crimes they committed 20, 30 years ago, they thought they'd gotten away with it, but they didn't. And that's in our imperfect world. But the all-knowing God will, will justly judge every one of us. And His judgment will be correct and right. And the only way we can miss the judgment of God against us for our sins is because if someone else took it for us. And Jesus did that on the cross. The judgment that you and I deserved was poured out on Him. The coming of Jesus is sure. He might delay, but He is coming. So there's only one wise way to live. There's only one way to discover life to the full, and that's, as Paul said, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Come to Jesus, faithfully live for Him until He returns. 
Are you prepared for Jesus to return even if his delay uh, coming seems delayed? You see, we're preparing right now for Jesus to come again. We're preparing in this life for eternity. You can't prepare in eternity for eternity. You prepare for eternity in this life. You can prepare for life in God with God forever in this life. You can be ready. You can be ready for Jesus to come in this life. You can trust Him faithfully and serve Him, uh, showing that you're prepared. You see, we need prepared for Jesus' coming or, or meeting Him in death. One of those things is going to happen in our lives. We don't know which one it is, but one of them is going to happen. We need to be prepared for Jesus' coming, even if His coming seems delayed. We need prepared for Jesus' coming uh, in the routines of life. You see, readiness for Jesus' return requires faithful service to Him, even though we don't know when He will return. Are you ready? Are you ready? Heavenly Father, we praise You that we can be ready. Lord, we're not ready because we're good people, because we're not. We're ready because Jesus died for us in our place on the cross. And the very judgment that should have been poured out on us was poured out on your only son. In love, he willingly gave his life for us to do this out of his love for you and out of his love for the world. And Father, you willingly gave your son to be the sacrifice for our sins. And we want to thank you, Lord. I pray that no one here is not ready to meet you today, whether you would return or whether death would come to us, that we'd be ready today to live for you if you delay and to live for you if you come. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to be faithful, Lord, when when it gets tough and when we're discouraged because things aren't going the way we think they should. Help us just to remember that, Lord, our labor in the Lord is never in vain. Help us just to keep serving you and loving you and living for you no matter what. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.